0: Hey, we're that was fast. We're back.
1: We, we are. are
0: season nine episode. Like it
1: or not, the pastards are back. Mm. <laughs> episode four. This can we talk about some trivialities first?
0: Well, we can. I have one triviality I wanted to share, but let's start with your triviality. <laughs> I'm sure, yours involves football or something silly.
1: Well, this one actually is basketball related. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> but. But I thought you would have fun. I mean, it might
0: be interesting. So. Yeah, the Tennessee I, <laughs> I got knocked out in the second round.
1: They did. And the team I've if been pulling for for 30 team. years, UConn, is going to their 14th straight Final Four. Women. <laughs> Women, yes. Uh, <laughs> did Tennessee make that? Final Four? Yeah. No. No.
0: No. Bad year no for you... Tennessee.
1: Um. So. You, I think you will appreciate this on several fronts. So you know you've got the, the new NIL policy. I think it's name image likeness policy with college sports NIL. Yes.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um, okay. So I think they call it right NIL, which I think stands for name image likeness. So you can start making money. Yeah. On that. So. Anyway, this gal Page Beckers. Plays for UConn women. Okay. <laughs> Last year, as a freshman, she was the national player of the year. So pretty good. But if you were just seeing her walk down the street, I heard an announcer talking about this the other day. It just she's not. She's wiry, um, just fun-loving, um, and just not doesn't look that impressive. But she she's a pretty good ball player. <laughs> She had an injury this year. Anyway, where I'm going, this is what's interesting. So she's ended up getting several deals with different Gatorade and so on. So she, you know, she can now make money off those kind of things. Several nils. Right. But another dimension of nil.
0: Nil means zero.
1: Or not. Which is funny because nil is what college athletes used to make. make. <laughs> you couldn't make more than nil. <laughs> it's actually not nil. Okay. But that's... So now you can make nil.
0: only we would know that, because we're word people.
1: Yes. (laughs) And, anyway, so... (laughs) So, she also has an extraordinary social media following. She has, like, almost a million Instagram followers. Oh, wow. (laughs) So... (laughs) And then they were talking about her TikTok and these other... Well, anyway, so they estimated what her... What she makes for every social media post she puts out there? Guess what the number is
0: for a social media post. A social
1: media post.
0: I don't know, fifty six dollars,
1: <laughs> sixty two thousand dollars per social media post. I'd be posting ten <laughs> times a day. No, it's that thing. You know what? Need to buy a car. Oh They don't make a post. <laughs> let's let's. Let's do a social media post. Well, what's fascinating, so what do you think the number is for the top male basketball player?
0: I I, I literally have no idea. I'm I'm still wrestling with 62,000 for a social media post. Well, don't don't even... Actually, I was thinking, how can I get there? This is what I thought you would be... How can I get there? (laughs) This is what I thought you would find. All I have to do is make a post and
1: I buy a vehicle. (laughs) No, it's like, well, what's fascinating is, so the nine top athletes, male basketball athletes, she makes more per post than the top nine male athletes combined.
0: Uh, A girl in college. Yes.
1: Yes. In fact, women's basketball, women's college that basketball, is
0: fascinating,
1: is second in NIL earnings only behind men's football.
0: Is second in NIL earnings? That just—I don't think someone really thought through that very well. Uh, name, image, face, NIF—I don't know. <laughs> it's just you know. So uh, anyway, there's
1: the. I just thought that was. Who knew? (laughs) That that
0: will weave into something I want to talk about later. But first, my point of trivia, I looked up real quick to find out what exactly does it mean to buy the farm? You know, that's a colloquialism, you know, and typically when you say he bought the farm, I'm like, that sounds like someone died. Right. (laughs) Or something terrible happened. Well, actually what it means, this is from almanac.com, what is meant by the frame he bought the farm means to be killed in action. (laughs) Good gosh. (laughs) comes from a 1950s era air force term meaning to crash or to be killed in action and refers to the desire of many wartime pilots to stop flying return home buy a farm and live peaceably ever after so we shouldn't tell your mother that you bought the farm (laughs) well no because that would mean that i am at peace forever after and i think that's what they they're, they're like yeah he bought the farm he's He's not flying anymore. He's out. He's, he's at got his rest. heavenly farm. <laughs> he's at the heavenly farm. Those
1: lands and houses that God talks about—cattle, thousand have hills. That's, he's enjoy. He he bought the farm.
0: So I've decided to stop saying I bought the farm. I'm going to say I purchased the farm. <laughs> to good. purchase the farm means that you paid a certain amount of money in exchange for land that you now have to keep up. Roger, I literally lost two and a half hours of sleep the other night thinking, how am I going to bush hog 47 acres? Because (laughs) it's spring. It's all starting to grow. I was out on the property Monday. I'm like, if they don't mow this between now and May 6th, it's going to be a disaster. Oh, that donkey's not pulling his weight. He's just not eating enough. (laughs) Well, it turns out the donkey belongs to Charlotte, the next door neighbor. Oh so we don't even get to keep the donkey oh although okay. I don't know how you're gonna get the donkey off the property because <laughs> right. when I was walking the property Monday, the donkey was like, "W <laughs> right it was not good. You know what else I saw that scared me? This was scary it's wild, so you've heard about mice, how they can flatten themselves to go <sighs> under doors, they can flatten their body, rodents can just do crazy stuff. Joy, my wife. Yeah. If you're
1: listening to this, he's just kidding. <laughs> he's just okay, kidding. Just kidding. Mice don't flatten themselves <laughs> no. out. Well, Come on, what silliness is that? Well, so nobody's ever heard there is that another before. animal
0: that flattens out at, at at speed, and does some pretty amazing stuff. So I have watched a deer jump over flatten out. No, I've watched <laughs> <laughs> i watched a deer wow. jump over a five foot, you know, the the fence. That's barbed wire, okay? So they have this really pretty jump over it, okay?
1: Right, you've seen this before. I've
0: seen this before. Watch okay. it up. it's very graceful. So I saw something Monday <laughs> when I was going walking the property. Scared me to death. <laughs> I saw a 50-plus pound coyote that was just 30 feet in front of me. Not 30 yards. 50? That's a that's seems a big like one. a really large coyote. It's, it's, a, it's the biggest one I've ever seen. So, so Doug, to give you so Doug, my dog, is 40 pounds. This sucker was bigger than him by a bit. I don't think coyotes are supposed to be that big. He's been eating good on the farm. It's the mother of all coyotes. Lots of smaller animals have been buying the farm. <laughs> but he ran across the trail in front of me, Roger, and me just at high speed. I'm just watching this going, and Chris, he looks like a wolf. I mean he's got he's very much gray coat. So most coyotes I see here are the uh, are the cream colored Okay. You know, tan. Yep. This is this guy's gray. So I don't know if that means he's older. But he ran across the trail and I'm like, he's gonna hit this, you know, there's just a barbed wire fence there. Right. He's gonna nail it, and then it's just brush. I mean, it's just brambles. I'm like, there's no place to go. He he at at speed shot his flattened out where his forelegs are going this way and his rear and his rear legs are going out sure. flat yeah. and his head is down. He went through that barbed wire fence. Like a missile. Like a missile. And just kept and I literally I, I first I was like, I wish I had my camera out, because that, oh, that was just gosh, amazing. Oh, gosh, yes. But then I'm like, how how did he not get caught in there? And so I just go to the fence, and I'm like, the opening's like this big, you know, between the barbed wires. And he just literally, flat, I mean, at speed. Yes. So it's like what they can see, and of course, then there's just, <laughs> there's no trail there. It's not like there's a game trail, because sometimes you'll see a little game trail that mm-hmm. animals... No, it was just like a right, briar patch. Right, right. And I'm like, I, unbelievable. So that was... Never seen that before. But it did make me think about small dogs on the property. That's probably a bad idea. <laughs> Luna. <laughs> I mean, she's practically a guinea pig. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think Leo and Doug could probably hold their own, but... Yeah,
1: Leo has enough size... Well, Leo g- grows every day at another inch, This so. is
0: my son and daughter-in-law's dog, <laughs> Leo. He was a puppy... Well, he was a puppy. He's now giant. He's still a puppy, it turns out. He looks like a sea lion.
1: (laughs) I think I asked her the other day how large he's going to get, and she was like, we're not sure.
0: (laughs) Nobody knows. We're not.
1: Well, because he's a bit of a Right now, he's
0: he's moving towards greyhound territory. Right. Well, his paw is as big as my hand. (laughs) So that gives you any idea how big the Leo's going to get. It's going to be big. So, going back to your one million instagram followers um so i was reading jesus yesterday and then again today with all of the this is march of 2022 if you're listening so there's a huge thing going on in christian culture right now with hillsong church so you have brian houston stepping resigned i saw that this week resigned and phil dooley stepping up into that sort of international role they've got you know 80 something churches international right and just been a lot of scandals plaguing that group of uh, group of churches in this season, and a lot of it having to do with uh, impropriety around um, the sexual interpersonal misconduct, relationships, interpersonal and, yeah. relationships. But but another big one was money. Yes, and how money's being used, and who's watching that, and even how pastors are using money, and and the whole thing. I want to say this first; it just breaks my heart. He, Any time there's there's a scandal in the kingdom <clears> of heaven. <throat> It's it's heartbreaking. So this is not a this is certainly not a statement of judgment on that. But it was an interest. As I was reading Jesus, I'm like, there's a there's a certain kind of fruit that comes from a certain kind of environment or culture that you create. And what I what I didn't know was how many like how much dollars and cents were attached to the Hillsong brand, the label. Um. Even like with the, when they first came out with Hillsong Records and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I mean, it was like early on, it was like a hundred million dollars that they had to work from, okay. just from royalties coming from the songs. You remember "Shout to the Lord" in 19- nineteen <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. ninety-five or oh, yeah. something like that.
1: "Shout to the Lord, yep. all the."
0: Yep. Darling, check. Uh, anyway, of course, that's become this huge international brand now that creates. Uh, what I didn't realize is hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. For doing all sorts of things, and again, that that can all be used for <laughs> very good things. But right. there's, today, I saw that three other churches uh, in Phoenix and in Atlanta, and I think in Kansas City, had pulled. Just said, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're gonna we're pulling out of that. We feel like there needs to be local governance on some things, not just you know an international global board." But it reminded me that sort of the the downfall of a lot of this reminded me of what Jesus was teaching. I think it's in Luke ten where I was reading. He said, "Woe to you, Pharisees." So he's going to eat. The Pharisees have, have apparently invited him to some kind of dinner. Okay. Now, of course, Jesus, he, he's not one to ever do things quite right. So they're inviting him to dinner. He knows exactly what their standards right. are. He knows what they're used to. Well, and there's a big fat ceremonial washing that they do beforehand, not only of their hands, but also of their, of their dishes, so that these are sanctified dishes okay. and all that kind of stuff. So, Jesus just runs in there and flops down at the table. And they were upset and surprised because he didn't wash their hands. And Jesus, he didn't wash his, his hands. hands, yeah. <laughs> so, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, which is just great. I just love, I mean, anytime I read that, it's just like just knowing their thoughts. He says- <laughs> disconcerting. um disconcerting. Why are you guys making such a big deal about hand washing? Like, that's just a big exterior thing. He said, you guys go to tremendous lengths to wash the outside. But inside, you're full of greed and corruption. Yeah. And it's not good. And then he talks about woe to you, uh, because, you know, you're full of greed, and then he talks about how that plays out. He said, you give a tenth of your herbs to God, but you neglect the more important matters of justice for for the poor, because he talked about give what's inside the dish, the money, to to the the poor. poor... He said, "You neglect justice and the love of God." And I just—I had to stop and just go and do a little Greek study on that. And it's a form of the word agape, not not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. But it was this—it was this sort of elongated form of it. This—it's the love and care of God. This idea of you neglected justice for the poor and the care of—it's almost like God's love. In other mm. words, this is what God loves. This is
1: this yeah, is what god the cares god about cares about yeah well
0: even even when you the, the the parable of the rich man and lazarus lazarus gets a name which no, normally doesn't happen but lazarus the name lazarus literally means one who god helps the one the one who god helps mm-hmm. all that to say then he said <sighs> and you love the most important seats in the synagogue and the the greetings in the marketplace and i'm like yeah in our culture that's called influencers celebrity is yes You've got the most followers. You've got the best. You've got the best. You've got the best place on YouTube, or you've got mo- most followers on Instagram. It was interesting, even talking about that college student. How me- that's which is just amazing. But when you begin to attach those things to the kingdom, or try to attach those <coughs> things to the kingdom, it feels like it, it can almost create a culture of popularity can create its own problems. In other words, uh, for, let's talk sure about it m- for myself, the more popular I am, the more <laughs> opportunities it creates, but I realize also the more temptations it creates. Right. The more money that you have coming in from any from whatever your revenue streams are, the more opportunities that creates, but also the more temptations it creates. And it mm-hmm. just reminded me because he went on with a bunch of woes for the Pharisees he says you guys look good on the outside but it's like it's like people walking under, over unmarked graves. You're, you know, there's dead men's bones inside, and people don't know it. And of course, then the teachers of the law said, "Well, you know, when you insult the Pharisees, you insult us too." And he said, right. "Well, let me let me talk to you. Keep <laughs> right. you teachers. I'm not going to leave law. you out." He said, "Yeah, we're not we're not going <laughs> to leave <laughs> you out on this thing." Got a few thoughts for you guys. <laughs> he said, "You guys, you guys are a mess." He said, "You tie heavy burdens on people. We're adding law after law after law to the to the to the not just the law of Moses, but now they add all of these you know man made traditions and the tradition of the elders and all this stuff." He said, and you, you add all these laws, you put heavy burdens on men, but you won't lift a finger to help them. And then, and it's translated differently, I think, in the Matthew passage, but he says, you're shutting out, you're hindering others from entering the kingdom while you yourself haven't entered. And I was just struck with, is this whole thing of going back to something Jesus said earlier in his teaching. A bad tree bears bad fruit. You do have to look at the fruit, and he's particularly talking about false prophets and false teachers in that in that thing. Anyway, all that watching, everything going on in church world right now, just a lot of different scandals, and I'm like, boy, it just reminded me, we have to be so careful with popularity, with money, um, with any good thing that God gives us, because it can, with, with with every opportunity comes temptation. And I was reading just another passage I read was. Blessed is a person who has endured temptation for after he's gone through that, he'll receive this crown of life. And I was like, I never thought of it that way. We're blessed when we endure temptation. I hate yeah. temptation. I don't want temptation in my life. I'd rather there just be no temptation. I would love to just live this godly, holy life in the absence of temptation. And sometimes I feel bad because of the different temptations I face. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's just terrible. Why would, I even have a te- Why would that even be in my mind or But then I read that verse, but blessed is the man who endures temptation. I was like, oh, God knows we have faced temptation. In fact, that's why in the daily prayer of the disciple it says, lead us out of temptation and deliver us from the evil one. So it is a lot of rambling thoughts from Bruce this morning. Well,
1: the sobering thing, and I wish I could think of a quote. I heard somebody talk about this in a way that was just profound and I can't remember it, so it's so, only so profound I
0: guess. <laughs> well, I can sometimes remember the profound statement. Right. I just can't remember the person that said it.
1: You're right, and then the profound idea, but it was this idea, and I that again this obsession we have, this preoccupation we have, without even thinking, we are concerned about our image. We are concerned Our, part of what's broken is is we can be perfectly happy we might even think that righteousness is what we look like on the outside. Yeah. This was purely what the where the Pharisees were right. that the brand the brand was absolute visual righteousness. The brand the was brand, yes. what you see on the outside is impeccable. We we tithe off our
0: uh, small, spice garden, right? Yeah. We we small farm <coughs> products.
1: It, so the point is, and that was their brand. We don't miss a
0: thing on the outside. You watch us; you're never going <laughs> to catch us. And Jesus says, "You will carefully strain out a net, and yet swallow a camel." <laughs> right. And,
1: so, this warning, yeah. and again, don't yeah. want to move past it when we think about the Pharisees or we even want to think about mega churches and pastors and people is listen, the pull, the pull to take care of what we look at on the outside rather I even think about this even just in a simple way of even how we take care of our bodies. We, Sometimes we're not nearly as concerned about our souls. But I think you know. Okay, we we feed ourselves. We might think about exercise. Um, and the idea hit me. Even I was thinking about this. Is I don't because there's emphasis. I don't pay attention to my soul. I pay attention to my body much more often, and I only address things when they actually stop me. I only address things. So, oh, now that that expand on that a little bit. When they cause a problem. Right. In other words, so let's say my car, my van, um, my van, the, the check engine light has been on for several months.
0: But it's not stopping it.
1: But my van runs. <laughs> so I'm going on. I'm not dealing with it. Now, you, what will stop
0: me? That's the Holy Spirit. The check engine light is kind yeah. of the Holy Spirit going, there's a little problem here.
1: Well, but that's an interior thing. But as long as I can keep going. This, way, I think, even physically, we with our bodies. Yeah, right. What will stop me in my car if I have a flat tire? If I, if my transmission seizes up, if my alternator stops working, if your
0: valves go out. Okay, this has happened to me. So I have to do. I'm yeah, forced to do something.
1: But I can go. I will usually not pay as close attention to to things internally. So the. The check engine light is saying there's something you should be paying attention to with the engine, but I'm not. And this is where I think as long as we keep going, we're very concerned with the outside. And so Jesus is, you're not paying attention. You actually think righteousness is what you look like on the outside. And this is, you talk about something that is even the thing where we behave a certain way when people are watching. But what you were talking about, this persevering through tribulation and trouble surfaces what's on the interior. Yeah, exactly. This exactly. So what kind of strength, what kind of fortitude, what kind of character, these are the things God says you need to be working on most of us. Will not leave the house without checking a mirror. You're not I'm an exception. I for whatever reason I rarely ever look in the mirrors, which is obvious in a lot of ways, but
0: that's a that's a that's another episode. We'll do later
1: on. But you know, we wouldn't think well or we'd think I'm just I'm not gonna go to the house not clothed, but the Bible talk about clothing on the inside. We'll talk about you know what, what do you look like on the inside?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean The whole Colossians 3 yeah. passage, which I've been teaching a lot, I taught it this weekend on the trail, uh, last okay. weekend on the trail. Yep. It says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, and wrap on all of that in the overcoat of love. Right. But those are internal things. I realize what, a little bit what we're talking about is, and this is, a, this is something that, that's very scary to me. When my reputation exceeds my character, in other words I might have a great reputation out there but it actually exceeds what's going on in the character because character is this internal thing character is that as some have said many times you know what who you are when no one's looking right what's going on on the inside and so I've had to be I've had to be gracious to myself about temptation we all face temptation Jesus faced temptation I, I can't even imagine that when I when I think of the holiness of Jesus I'm like how did, how was Jesus even tempted by anything ever I mean how did that even work yeah there's mystery yes but I know that that I'm tempted, and when that temptation comes, there's a temptation to feel bad about the temptation. But I'm like, no, this is how character is formed. There's a temptation. I make a choice about that temptation. Uh, prayerfully, I make the right choice. This is, this is why praying the disciples' prayer is something I do almost every day now. Mm-hmm. Lead me out of temptation and deliver me from the evil one. It just assumes that every single day, the enemy's coming and he's, he's trying to tempt. And there's a, there's a part of him that wants to destroy both character and reputation. But he'll he's happy if your reputation just grows and grows and grows and grows as long as your heart isn't that whole what's going on inside matters so much more so i'm I'm still you know working through you know what are the character things that still need to be formed in me you know internally i I've, I've said many times jesus, the Holy Spirit seems <coughs> to talk to me more about my thoughts now than my actual words or actions. <laughs> Uh, what's going on internally because eventually if i stay on the wrong thought process it's going to come out right. you know jesus would say you know what's the overflow of the heart eventually the mouth's going to speak eventually the hands going to act whatever that is the feet are going to move so yeah i was just thinking about lord help me continue to work on character and and leave my reputation to you well here's the thing even on that
1: front how concerned is god about reputation uh, <coughs> If we think about reputation as what people think of you, I think part of our problem sometimes is an obsession with reputation. Yeah. That feels like righteousness. We've talked about this growing up. Your reputation is how people saw you, what they read into your actions.
0: Roger, your reputation was referred to as your testimony. Right. That's the word they use.
1: Yes. So your testimony
0: was... Your testimony wasn't your story. Is what people could which see, which is what actually a testimony actually is. Your <laughs> right. your money about testing, your story about testing, <laughs> that's what it was. But for us, it was reputation, right? But here's the thing:
1: we can look now. Here's the thing: we can look at, um, a Ravi Zacharias, sure, who had an impeccable reputation.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm talking about just somebody. This highly re- respected, right. whatever. Um, because what the vast majority of people saw on the outside was flawless. It was tithing on everything, you know, it was, and an, an a, a, a winsome speaker, and insightful. God-given insights, good, yeah. you know, c- kinds of things. Um, but the interior life, <laughs> there were issues that were coming out in the private world. Right. The unseen. Um, and I'm no... Here's, in that sense, I'm no different than a Ravi Zacharias. I can be obsessed with... He could ignore interior things because he had this great reputation.
0: And external things were going so well. In other words, right. I, I wonder how often I, even when I was a pastor, justified certain thoughts or behaviors because I'm doing so many good things. We're doing so many good things for God here at the church. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is, I, I think there's always a temptation to minimize, so this is not that big a deal. Yeah. It's almost like we're comparing, hey, if we're doing this much good stuff and there's just a little bit, but you know, but Jesus would say, be careful about just a little bit of leaven. Uh, just a little bit of leaven. It's like a, a, you know, a woman can work a little, just a teeny bit of leaven, a little teeny bit of yeast into the dough, but it eventually works its way all the way through. And of course he's he's giving this as a kingdom principle. There's so much I'm re-looking at about the kingdom, by the way. Yeah. Even Jesus is teaching about the kingdom, like the parable of the mustard seed that becomes a tree, and it's so big the birds perch in the, in the nest. I'm like, yeah, there's things in the kingdom that are not of the kingdom, mm-hmm. that are not actually of the kingdom. And I realize even the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the weeds, it, it's this reality. Within the kingdom, there's weeds, yeah, and they look good. Kind of, they look like the real thing, so much so that, if you and I were to go out and try to weed everyone out right now, again, I'm so glad I'm not the judge of the living and the dead because I would miss it. He said, now you're going to uproot some of the really good ones at the same time, not, not knowing. It's so, so it, just, it was just a reminder again, man, guard our heart. When I say guard it, I mean, just be very, be aware of what's going on in there. Um, ask God to show you what's going on in there. What was it, uh, one of the Psalms where he says, search my heart,
1: right.
0: see if there's anything going on in there that, um, that's not good
1: and so for me the take or as i'm listening is the thing that how i pay attention to my heart i can realize well we can always ask god to open our eyes and help us see things but but i realize the places where again i can be more concerned with righteousness doing the right thing when people are watching sure when people are around but I think it's also because I was thinking when you have a really good reputation you can maybe lean into that as to kind of cover for some other which I think kind of happened with Ravi Zacharias he could you know people just wouldn't even look more closely at certain things you just because you know, once you've maintained I can see this happening for the Pharisees you're just known as just really pillars impeccable. of righteousness right. impeccable so people aren't looking closely.
0: And, and and Jesus is willing to call that out. Isn't that interesting?
1: Well, he's... And what Jesus will always say is, <clears throat> actually, what is on the inside does eventually come out. Yeah. In other words, whatever you're you're not paying attention to or dealing with, and this is the sobering reminder for me, because I can be doing things that no one knows about. And oh, I know God can forgive that. I, I can be very, very, oh, I wouldn't do anything inappropriate with, that people would see, or I'm very, very protective, but far less guarded when no one's watching, in a room by myself, whatever. I'm I'm just not, and, and Jesus said, don't buy the lie that that, because this is the lie that it doesn't matter because no one can see it. Or that it's not as bad, or it's not unrighteous, or it's not unhealthy, because no, I just find myself, oh yeah, I'm very, I'm very attuned to external righteousness, but Jesus is constantly calling us to, <clears throat> what's going on in the secret places, what are the, what's going on I, in your uh, thought, uh, where where he's even, you obsess over adultery. Because that's the kind of thing that can get called out. That's the kind of thing you can pull someone to a room and say, this person committed. We've done that before. (laughs) But that kind of, he said...
0: Well, and (laughs) and they were called the Pharisees and teachers of the law actually did did that. Did that? No, right. So they know... Hey, we got someone caught in adultery.
1: So he, you know, you obsess over what people can see. But there is moral unrighteousness inside and so we talked about you can have all kinds of morally inappropriate, unhealthy, broken, dark thoughts, motives, and you're not even paying attention to those, those don't matter. As long as it's something people can't, can't see, see, it's no big deal. And listen, that is a I mean you have a warning the dashboard warning like this is Jesus, the Holy Spirit saying Pay attention to your, this isn't just the Pharisees. This isn't even just the megachurch pastors. This isn't somehow. No,
0: pay attention this to, the, is, to the secret life. right? Because you know, I always say there's, you have three lives. If your public life, that's what everyone sees on Facebook and knows and you share gladly and all of that. You have your private life. That's kind of what goes on in your home. Maybe your family members know, you know, or if your closest friends. But then there's the secret life. This is that thing that's only known to you yeah, and God. that's good. And it's that, it's that. That's the place that you have to be so careful with. In other words, I want to constantly invite God into my secret life. He's there anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, there's no secrets to kept from God. But it's like when I invite God into that, it is that see if there be any wicked way in me so cuz I don't want to I don't want anything, allow anything to grow develop in there. I remember 20 something years ago, <sighs> you know, after I kind of blew things up at Rocket City and I had to do all this internal work and you know, I thought there was just some big issues that I had to deal with. And the more, and I think I used, I told you this, um, I told several pastors I was working with in a restoration group this. Okay. I said, it felt like in that season I was on an operating table, and I had the, the surgeons, multiple surgeons around me, and they were just pulling this black stuff out of, out, it like, open, they had opened it all the way up. Mm. They're just pulling all this, and it's like it was never ending. I'm like, I didn't know there was that much pride and arrogance and desire for significance and i just thought there was like lust in there or i mean we had to, we had to take care mm-hmm. of that and greed and all of these things that had because even with the church growth movement i realized back in the this is back in the mid-90s <sighs> i grew up in this world of wanting to be a significant pastor wanting to be a mega church pastor there was this And some of this was driven by, I want to see the kingdom of God grow and flourish, and i see more and more people come into it, and that's good. But it's almost like competing with it. Alongside it was the, if this was the light path, here was the dark path, almost at the same time going, you'll be significant. You'll be well-liked. You'll be a celebrity. Everyone will know you. You'll lead national conferences. Everyone will know your name. They'll know your books. They'll know... And I was like, I realized I was driven by that. This goes back. I mean, you might have alluded to it last week, but if the darkness in one of your face casts, but if the darkness inside you, I mean, if if the light inside you is really darkness, how great is that darkness? In mm-hmm. other words, if you can't see the 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 darkness, so you got to let the light shine. But you got to let God come in with His light and and light every area of our of our right, life, right? So that what people see is what they get. Yeah, it really is
1: who we well. Are what is on the outside and what is on the inside match. In other words, where... where right. Because here's what happens. And this is where part of where Jesus is warned. And when he talks about what's going on in the heart, it will come out. And I think about people getting a place and said, I never, ever thought I would do that. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was possible I could ever get to there and Jesus would say, well, okay. But see, had you been taking better care of your heart see the things roger that you haven't been paying attention to and this is a sober reminder for me today again i still got to the things that no one knows about me the things that i think about or the things that i contemplate or um jesus's reminder that's the inside of the cup it's not what people can see and yeah. are you doing like the pharisees and you're not paying attention you keep cleaning up that outside Oh when people show up, oh, I kind of shine that, kind of polish that side, they can see um, but inside you've got this thing, and it's it's coming out in other ways, yeah, it does come out, and then sometimes it may come out in a very pronounced kind of way where you say, "How could I ever do that? How could I ever get to a place you know where I would do this or that I just couldn't
0: and Jesus, that, that's the interior. You, Yeah, are you make, paying attention? Make sure you practice what you preach. And when you don't, say so. So right after that, it says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were like, they were making plots to we're going to catch him. We're going to arrest him. We got we to take him out. So the very next chapter opens up and it says, meanwhile, thousands of people are following each other. It's one of those things I've never seen. And thousands of people are following Jesus and they're trampling so much so that they're trampling one another. I'm like, okay, hey, that's... You almost get the sense of rock, Jesus is now achieving rock star status. People are trampling each other to get near him, right. so it, and it that's says what, right. Thousands. That's that's rock star status. Oh, absolutely. And your entourage, the twelve, are, are right there with him. And I guarantee you, if they're like me at all, they are eating it up. It's intoxicating. It's intoxicating. <laughs> thousands of people are flocking to us, Jesus, and Jesus's twelve guys, or however many, were in his entourage right. at this we're, point. And it said right then, so Jesus spoke to his disciples first. So he looks at the thousands of people are gathering. There, but he spoke to his disciples. He said, be so careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, which is hypocrisy. And isn't that interesting? He does say right is
1: when the inside doesn't match the outside. Right.
0: That's it. And he said, exactly. So he's like, you've got to be careful. All these people, yeah. a lot of them, they like what they're seeing because they're seeing miracles that are taking place. They're seeing people healed and all of that. But you make sure what's on the inside is, that's what matters. Don't get, he said, don't get caught up in the great sin of the Pharisees, which is looking good on the outside. Because at different points, I'm sure the crowds flocked to the Pharisees as, as well. They were at different times popular. Yeah, sure. Uh, but now Jesus is overtaking that popularity, which, which was a whole another thing, which
1: was surfacing their hearts. What? Listen, to this. Right. Think yes. about that. Why now are they literally thinking about murdering Jesus?
0: Well, he's he's getting the better play. He's getting the, the, the best think. seats in the synagogue. Actually, their hearts the are right? getting exposed.
1: What this this yeah. interior that they hadn't been taken care of, this dead men's bones, this this pride this arrogance, this uh, I'm better than, this self-righteousness, this love of
0: power. And popularity and and celebrity.
1: When that was threatened, what comes out in their behavior now? Yes. So this is where the unkept interior life is going to show up. It's going to come out where literally now they're thinking about they're looking for ways, so to so kill. No, we're talking about mur- this is we're talking about
0: They're going to kill him. Murder. So this is okay. I, don't, I had to read this because there was something I forgot. That was so good. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered, so that they were trampling on one another. Okay. Jesus began remember. to speak first to his disciples. In other words, before I address the crowds, let me talk to you guys because we got people trampling. I mean, we're we're so popular. Thousands of people are coming. They're trampling. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Then he says this. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftops. That is sobering. I mean, it's just sobering. And I think that's part of what we're seeing right now. Uh, Things that were said behind closed doors and and non-disclosure agreements that were being signed. By the way, if anyone ever asks you to sign an NDA, I think you need to ask the question, why are they asking me to sign an NDA? I mean, it's just an important question. Because Jesus says there's nothing hidden that won't be disclosed. Right. Nothing hidden that's not going to be brought into the into the light. And whether, I know, I know
1: there's this image, okay, there's going to be some kind of, at in, 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 in the judgment, there's some kind of screen and God's going to show. It, it, oh, I think he's even talking here and now. Well, right. No, this is my point. Not the Chick publication. (laughs) Let's not get it. I think the core thing he's saying is somebody already knows.
0: Mm.
1: And God will bring to light what he wants to bring to light. And we've seen that happen time and time Time, and time again. I've had it in my own life. Something I had nicely tucked away. Nobody knew about it, whatever. And bingo, something... I I had failed to cover this or I didn't account for or this slipped out which by the way can often be a mercy. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. God brings something to light as a grace because Roger wasn't paying attention to it. Um Roger wasn't paying attention to his character, his inner life. God exposes something in the secret life. Yeah. With the goal that I will suddenly take my secret life, well, my character, more seriously it, it's than my kindness reputation. the of God that
0: leads us to repentance. It's, I realized, particularly in my 30s, my goodness, had I become a celebrity pastor that was leading a church of 26,400 people, I, I fear that I would have been a disaster. Right. Just a disaster. <laughs> Looking good, speaking good. Oh, that terrifies me. For me, yeah, yeah, not for you, and, and for me, yeah. And, but but I'm just like, oh my gosh. But that that thing of what would be going on in my heart, and so even certain things coming to light, and me in that season bringing certain things to light yep. was critical to my own saving. Yes, where I where I, where I finally said, I don't care about my reputation. I've got to get this out. I can't keep living in this secret world because at that point, that was part of that secret life that had to that I had I had to expose it. And I, I realized that saved me in so many ways. Sort of blew up the church. So yeah, you were no longer headed toward 26,400 people. I say that because I, I would share a vision with people about having a church of 26,400 people, which represented like 20% of the population in Huntsville. The idea being, the good side, the light side being, we want to see thousands of people be, come to faith in Christ right. and enjoy being right. a part of the family of God coming home. With the dark side being, hey, I'll be leading a church of 26,000 people how cool is that and i realized it's yeah, not not cool
1: what what it scares I, me to death now but what i do love in this um is when people what i do love is i there are leaders of large organizations yeah. and large churches when i realize what the possible i see people either a handful of people i look and say I think they're taking care of the inner inner life. I watch even the kind of humility that they walk with or kind of talk whatever there're a couple of people that immediately come to my mind that have enormous influence and here part of my point is that doesn't have there's great danger. There's great pull, there's great temptation, which means there's that much more necessity to watch your inner life, to watch but by the grace of God I see People. I see leaders. I yes. see pastors. I see ordinary people that <clears throat> who have some amount of influence. But every signal is they're watching their in their inner life, and it is not because when you think about the pull of popularity. I mean, again, oh, I could think now huge. of Christian leaders who have millions of followers who have sold. Tens of millions of books, but I'll listen to them. And the way they talk, yeah. the humility, the pointing the finger to God, the um, it can be done. And so again, this isn't a sort oh. of a, a knock on. No, here's the here's the thing.
0: Right. Uh, there have been people that have had <laughs> tremendous influence in our in our world. I think you know we we we, we to think of the Mother Teresa's and the Billy Graham's. but it but it certainly seemed that they had. Uh, a healthy inner life, mm-hmm. as well as a healthy and even well-known, right, outer you know outer life, and I so we're not saying that's not possible. It's just boy, be careful about it. And it's interesting that Jesus was saying to his disciples as their popularity is increasing, right. watch what's going on inside. Right. Don't whisper stuff secretly. Don't have non because everything's everything's going to come out. So you got to watch this internal life. Of course, then right after that, he just he just talks about don't fear those that can kill the body. You know. Just don't," he said. "That's all. That's all they can do. At, yeah. at worst, all that—that's all that they can do." He said. "But I tell you, and I think he said this with a smile. You know, fear him who has the, the ability to, after killing the body, cast soul your soul mm-hmm. into hell." He said, "Or not two five sparrows sold for two pennies," he said. "And yet your father knows each one of them. This is amazing about God." And he said, "And you're more much more valuable than many sparrows. Right. So don't be afraid." And I'm just like that's such a, such a good word. And I realize what are my fears around often. Well, I don't typically fear for my life. I don't feel like people are out to kill me. Although that time could come, I certainly. But I do have. I always have fears around reputation. I mean, that's like, oh, I don't move. I want to be careful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Nope. If if I'm following Jesus and my reputation gets slaughtered because I'm going to choose to follow Jesus, well, that's good. That's a plus.
1: Yeah. So maybe an ending is. <laughs> Now I love how we kind of finish. Our, we a, try and with a
0: silly rhyme. It's like it's like silly songs with Larry from VeggieTales.
1: All right, this is it. So, what about um, pastured poetry? Don't be concerned with how you look. Be concerned with what you love.
0: Okay, that's um, that's good.
1: Doesn't rhyme, but it, but it has this kind of alliteration. Look. Love, right? I'm, I'm working the alliteration angle there. What? I was trying Top that, that. that! Top that! Bruce!
0: You, Pastor. Don't worry about reputation. Worry about instigation. <laughs> oh! Worry about investigation. Investigate your heart instead of. Reputation. That's that's pretty much your life. But that's <laughs> so, so sorry. We let so many people down today.